welcome to the status quo conversations my name is Sinisi Pomai Ninja for those of you who don't know who I am and today we're going to be chatting with Miss Foyan Miss Seven hello, Days Miss Seven Days of Slayage so <laughs> please introduce yourself for those people who don't actually know who you are well, hello, hi, my name is Foyi Ogurumbi. I am a beauty influencer and a freelance social media um, manager and makeup artist. I am a doer of all things, but a master of one. And that is being the slayer of seven days, seven faces. Definitely. I love that. 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 So before we go into your current slayage, how did this all begin? I think I noticed you on... Um, I noticed you, how I came to know of you. I noticed you on Cynthia's YouTube channel. I think that was the first time I, I saw oh, you. Oh, wow. That was actually a long time ago. I feel like, what, that was maybe three years ago or so? Three or four yes. years ago? Yes, when um, YouTube, uh, phonies, like when beauty influencing and YouTube became a thing. So I started watching locals. Yes. Um, well, that was actually like kind of midway, I guess, if I had to pinpoint in my career that was a bit of a midway point but i've actually been online and in the digital blogosphere for a very long time almost a decade now i was one of those people who was raised on the internet so during high school literally from prep school i was on the micro blogs aka your twitters like i had I had a Twitter account in 2008 when I was 12. I had Instagram before Justin Bieber. Like I was very much an early adopter of social media platforms. Um, I was huge on Tumblr. I was really big on those sorts of micro blogging sites and I had my own blog and the blog which started everything that is today um, that actually started in 2012 when I was in grade 10. And yeah, I was a fashion blogger, pop culture writer, things of that nature. And as time progressed, as life went on, and I came to Cape Town for university, I kind of pivoted into beauty. And that's kind of where we are today. And that's what most people actually know me for is my beauty work and YouTube and Instagram page. But yeah, I was actually, I've been here for a while in the, in the blogosphere. You had a Twitter account in 2008 and you were 12. I'm just still stuck yeah. on that. I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> Don't do the math. It's, the, it's, 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 it's like, I'm like I, someone keeps saying that we're tweeting with children. We are tweeting with children. No, <laughs> literally, literally. Okay, back then you were tweeting with a legitimate child. But I, I was actually, I stumbled across Twitter in the most random way because I was a star doll and um, like my scene dress up kind of baby. And that led me to the website called Polyvore. I don't think it's still functional right now, but it was one of those fashion dress up, kind of curate your own outfits, make these cool like combination type of websites. And that's where I met a lot of like cool people. I feel like I'm still friends with a few people that I met on that website. And someone was like, oh, there's this new place called Twitter. Have you heard of it? My mom wouldn't let me get downloaded. And I was just like, ooh, what's that? And I created an account and then like I deleted it and then I created another one. And then like Ever since then, you I can't get off. I'm stuck. I'll never leave. I, where am I going? Like, that is actually quite crazy. That is actually quite crazy. And, yeah, because I think, wow, wow, 2008, hey, well, you're an OG at the social media thing. So we only discovered this, like, 
later years later years oh, i've seen things i was i was mostly in stan twitter because obviously i was like 13 years old so i was there in the believer believer section i was a huge justin bieber fan he actually follows one of my accounts i have an account somewhere that he follows don't have any of the logins anymore but it's there um so yeah that's what i was doing and then it evolved as more people that i knew eventually downloaded twitter and logged on then it kind of became like the constructive social media platform that it is now. Oh God. So you actually evolved when Twitter has, you've been through the, the evolution, I think of Twitter and uh, um, what it's now known to be. You've grown up. You really are. I'm a 2000. You yeah. guys. Hey, I've, I've, I've seen. Born, he's born, you're born freeze. Um, so um, what exactly made you pivot to beauty? I think that's my question. So from fashion to beauty, what made you to do the pivot to beauty? You know, I think it was one of those things about practicality because I had huge dreams and aspirations when I moved to Cape Town for university. I really thought that my life would just take off and I would be like all of the other bloggers that I followed. Um, most of the prominent fashion bloggers um, of the like early 2010s were all in Cape Town. And you know, that was the time when everyone was taking those beautiful pictures in Burkhardt against the colored walls. You always needed a colored wall to do your outfit of the day posts. And I really thought that when I moved to Cape Town, I would have that instant success. Everything would fall into place. I could do shoots every day or every weekend after lectures. And then I realized I'm a broke student. Like <laughs> I can't do any of that stuff. I don't have any clothes because back then, like you had to constantly be on trend in the fashion cycle, constantly presenting newness, newness. And I just couldn't afford to keep up. I couldn't afford to keep paying Sibum Panza. He actually was my photographer back in Varsity. So we go way back. Um, he was my blogger photographer and I couldn't keep affording to pay him, couldn't keep affording new clothes. And that was around the same time as YouTube started to pick up and really, really take off. And that was also the same time when I went to Nigeria for my cousin's wedding. And the Nigerian girls were really like a step ahead in terms of beauty and makeup. Like they were killing the game in ways that like we just, we just, we were barely drawing an eyebrow. You know what I mean? And I was just like, everything was coming together at the right time to be like, I can film makeup tutorials in my res room. I can create beauty content with the little cheap items I picked up in Diskim, you know what I mean? And that was, it was all of those things happening kind of at the same time that just made it make sense to at least like dive into the beauty world, not necessarily abandon fashion and all of that, but at least like to diversify my, my content. And then it just became easier and easier to make beauty content and harder to make fashion content and people stopped really caring for the fashion content because everyone was getting into beauty and and here we are now mm, it's actually quite interesting uh because i remember I, I actually do briefly remember because uh, a lot of the fashion content creators were all trust fund babies that's how they were able to afford it they were all trust yeah fund they had family money they lived in camps bay or whatever or they were old and married like they had they had other sources of income you know what i mean like they weren't brokies trying to like survive on a student budget so it was very like naive of me first of all to try and compete with adults I was a child competing with adults um and that realization was just like girl you need to do something else I'm actually looking at your very first um YouTube video from five years ago oh my gosh and I didn't talk that it, it was actually almost exactly five years ago I feel like it was June 2016 mm. it was a video about essence 
um, yes. because they reached out to me. They were like literally the first like brand partnership that I ever had. That's why I have so much love for Essence now. It was unpaid, but they paid me in product. And as a student who didn't have access to a lot of makeup, product was what I needed. You know what I mean? Product is what I needed to create content. So that was a really nice partnership for me, but I hated talking. I hated it. So back then, all of my tutorials were literally just like those fast forwarded with music in the background, you know, those like generic music um, songs, those YouTube songs. Um, and I just like fast forwarded through my makeup like that. Mm. No, I do. You're like, hey, I'm an Essence Beauty ambassador. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, we come far, guys. We come far. We must never hear the journey. Far. We come far. We must never hear the journey. day of small beginnings. Yeah, no, because uh, I'm a believer in small beginnings and a believer in um, starting. The, I think the biggest challenge for people is to start and yeah. and then to keep going. I think to, to keep going because even when i look at your numbers what you were, what you're doing now versus what you were doing then it's insane <laughs> it's insane and it's, it's crazy because there is you'll notice like i uploaded like one two three maybe four videos and then i took a long break like i didn't upload anything yes um, i saw that i got daunted by the content creation space because also youtube is a very slow platform like those there's only a fair few who are incredibly lucky to go onto youtube and just boom instantly and just get thousands of subscribers and views and just like be successful for most of us it's a very slow climb and that slow climb is incredibly um daunting and it's terrifying and if you are even not that secure in your own abilities the instinct is to quit and it's very easy to quit and just never upload again so just finding the courage to keep going like anyone who just keeps going i commend them you're actually self-dragging me and my YouTube. I'm supposed to record, but I've just, <laughs> you're self-dragging me. I'm supposed to be recording um, some um, a few things, but I've just been overwhelmed with work. And just from a timing perspective, it, it gets a bit, it, 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 YouTube is a lot more work than people take it for granted. Exactly. Very difficult. It's very difficult. YouTube is work. I think podcasting, what I like about podcasting, podcasting is actually very easy. You have nice conversations. Um, you can just, you can relax. With YouTube, I think there's a lot of work and also there's a lot of investment in YouTube. Yeah. Just and I think what makes it so tricky with Instagram and the pivot to video thing that the whole Facebook group keeps pushing, they keep trying to get us to pivot to video content creation. Video is really hard. Video takes a lot of investment and video is it's not for everyone it's very difficult to to do consistently and at a quality level like whereas audio or even just stills are a whole lot easier like words are probably even not necessarily the easiest to write but at least words don't require you to have hair makeup lighting camera sound everything you know like video is such a hectic commitment I agree. Um, I know why they're pivoting to video. Um, I know why they're pivoting to video. Um, just because of um, it's easier to get your attention. They're pivoting to the medium that is more beneficial to advertisers and has the yes, highest yes. earnings. So I understand why they're doing it, and um, I sort of, I sort of see, I sort of see the the business logic of it all, the mm. vision of what they're trying to do and um, what they're trying to grow for. For because what I've noticed with video, what it has helped with video. And this is when you see your niches, um, niches, and not to hate on uh, any beauty YouTuber. There's only three beauty YouTubers who are incredibly good at video. I, mm. I think they just have the skill for it. They have the skill for yeah. it. They have the skill for it. Um, I think sometimes we must just accept that there's, 
there's a skill level required for these things there's skill level required for these things and also respect the craft i, I actually want to say this to people respect because i've learned to respect i now i respect yeah. i respect, it'll, I respect. Humble you. it'll humble you mm. so you started for beauty and you did the whole beauty so how did that work out from um beauty and how did that sort of like grow in terms of managing that and university um there are very obvious times where you can see that university took precedent. There are times where there were large gaps in content, where there were no uploads, um, especially on my YouTube channel, because back in university, I think I actually did focus on my blog quite a bit. And I was trying to at least like syndicate or cross post or at least make sure on one of those platforms, there was a regular upload like weekly or something. Um, so you can tell like around June, July, October, November, there were times where I just chose, I faced my books. I, I focused on university. And I did that because um, I didn't want to fail. Like failing sucks. But I maintained my content because I knew that like, I always knew that it was bigger than me and I was building towards something and I needed to maintain the momentum and sustain the brand because that is something that can carry me through. But trying to balance university and content similar to like work and content is a very difficult balance um but something but i prioritized and when it came down to it i always chose school because i paid for school and at the time content wasn't paying me but if i had paying gigs i would make sure my paid gigs were taken care care of and then i would focus back on school mm. Mm. and then what happened post university I, I i noticed you had a stint at our favorite e-commerce retailer yeah, that's a long story in and of itself, but I did the thing that people do. I looked for a job and I found a job and I worked at my job and I was profusely unhappy in my job. I was very unfulfilled in my job. I felt incre incredibly creatively stifled. And I think it also had to do with the fact that I was doing a job that I felt I was capable of, but it wasn't what I was qualified in or passionate about. So it, it made all of the other emotional and mental struggles even worse because it wasn't even like I was doing what I wanted to do with my life. I, I felt like I didn't have much career trajectory or like growth and development in that role. I really just took a job because I needed a job. And when the work tensions and toxic environments and all of that reached a uh, uh, pinnacle, I really just said, you know what? I am a smart cookie. I have a lot of incredible business networks and influencer networks. And I feel like I can do this on my own. I feel like I can make a plan. I've got some savings to sustain me at the least until the end of the year. Maybe I'll go study again. Maybe I'll move back to Joburg. Maybe I'll just do anything else, but I just need to leave this job. And this is one of those like leap of faith moments where I really just have to say God carried me through because when I look at even my numbers at the time, I think I had maybe like, I was barely on 5,000 on Instagram. I barely had 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. I was like almost touching 10K on Twitter, RIP for an OG. I missed that Twitter account so much. Um, like I, my numbers were not making sense, but I really, I just had to leave my job and I was just like, I needed to do something else. And I landed up as a full-time influencer and then I started picking up freelance social media and like consulting work and that all carried me through until I could build to bigger things like seven days and here we are now. Wow 
that's actually do you know what sometimes guys oh god makes a way guys god makes listen the timing of your life you have to trust it because it made no sense like i would not advise anyone else to do what i did but it only worked out for me because it was supposed to be for me like i was supposed to do that so god made a plan for it to happen but honestly i would not advise anyone to do what i did and to follow my path because it was incredibly risky especially in this economy especially in this climate because i really didn't have that many social safety nets like i wasn't getting an allowance from my parents like i was entirely self funded and I had to keep funding it. Like my parents were like, you want to quit your job, but just know you can't ask us for money. Like you go do that. And I was like, don't worry, I'll take care of myself. And thankfully I did make a plan and I did make a way, but it's not something I would recommend because it was incredibly anxiety inducing and depressing and stressful. It was just a lot. Yeah. You know what doesn't kill you is I think sometimes you just have to just go for it. Like yeah, just- literally. You will see when you see. That is the only, sometimes you actually just have to do that. I, I like, um, of course I wouldn't recommend it. I'm an accountant. I would not recommend it. I'm like, don't do it. I would have been like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I would have been shaking you. Don't do it. This is dumb. This is... It didn't uh, make any sense. Yes, and I think, uh, so I think that also really helped me. So how did you come up with seven days? Seven days, um, why seven? Why not five? Why not three? Why not four? <laughs> so basically, seven days, seven faces is a lockdown challenge. Like, it is, it is a lockdown challenge because that's what it was born out of. It was born out of the banana bread and every like it was born out of that frustration out of sitting at home in the midst of level five when you cannot go outside because it's between you can only go outside between six and nine a.m i can't believe we lived like that like that was the life we were living and um k ngonyama aka k yam she had a challenge called 21 beats for k and that was for the initial 21 days of the alleged lockdown like so for her it was like she was engaging her followers to say, let's just do our makeup. Let's stay stimulated for the first 21 days. Let's just do this together. And at the beginning of lockdown, I was literally devastated. Like I literally couldn't even breathe. I couldn't tell my ass from my elbow. So there was no way I could do makeup for 21 days straight. But then after her challenge ended, I was like, you know what? I need to find some way to stimulate myself creatively, create content and engage my following and do something um to 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 just maintain my relevance you know because I'm a beauty influencer I provide makeup inspiration and tips and tricks and looks and all of those things kind of predicate on going outside going to an event going to a wedding a birthday a party I'm a makeup artist I need events for people to go to so I can do makeup you know and when lockdown took all of that away I was like at my core I'm a creative if you happen to go way back into my blog archives into like 2012 to 2014 you'll see that one thing that I love to do was create and conceptualize photo shoots I love to get really artsy I was a tumblr kid you know like I like to do that sort of thing so in the midst of lockdown I was like let me get back to that person let me get in touch with my inner child and let me see if she still got it so instead of 21 days I was just like let me see if I can do it for a week if I can just do a week my makeup every day for a week I'll be happy and let me give myself like prompts like let's create an actual like challenge out of it let's see if you can do a b c and d on day one two and three and four like let me see if i can get people to participate with me and they didn't really i feel like 
round one only had like five people and that was in April that was April 17th 2020 that's when it started I feel like there's only a handful of people who did it with me but I kept pushing and every other month um last year I did another challenge and by month in August which was round three that's when the challenge started to really take off and lots of other people started to um, partake in it and it started to get media attention and some articles written about it and I think after that I featured on 5FM on Leia Jazz's show and I feel like that's when the momentum around the challenge really started to build and that's when I was like okay I've got a thing because it's very difficult in a sea of beauty influences to have a thing and in order to be like sustainable and to have that longevity you kind of be you need you need a thing people need to know that you're that guy or you're this person and they can come to you for that type of thing and by round three I was like oh my gosh guys I think this is going to be my thing so let me build let me reach out to brands let me get sponsorships let me get paid for it like let me work to make this bigger and better for the people who are involved in it and also for myself because this is my thing now and it just it just took off from there and now it's like unbelievable levels mm, that's great I love how you say remain relevant Okay. Yeah. Because I'm, spi- I'm, I'm spicy. Who do you think is remaining relevant? Um, I feel like people who are remaining relevant are people that you know of. If you had to name an influencer right now, you would probably be naming like the top influencers, people like your Mislali Damase, like you'll be naming your ZX online, your Vongai Mapo, like you'll be naming Naledi Malela. You'll be naming people who can come to the front of mind, not only because they're consistent in their content, because there are a lot of people who are consistent in their content, but it's people who, who, who spark something up in you, who spark something on the socials, who you talk about, who not only do you follow their content, but you actually like are part of their community, you know, like you actually comment, you care, you engage. And there are definitely influencers who have that sort of pull and sway. And then there are also people who just have beautiful imagery that you just like and keep it moving, you know? And I wanted to be someone who has a community, who has people who wanna like and engage, who look forward to my uploads, who who look forward to my posts on Instagram and get excited, who want to know my opinions on things, who want to know my recommendations on things. Because influence is very fleeting. Like I said, I've been in this industry long, a long time. So I've seen, a lot of things I've seen a lot of people come and go and I've seen kind of where they went wrong and I feel like there was too much pressure in establishing a personal brand a highly curated profile and not enough in building a community and that's where people don't have their longevity and sustainability so that was what I noticed and that's what I wanted to build for myself and I think I think we're making progress no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think, I think the world, I think the word you used is community because that's the word that Sephora uses actually in terms of when they do their annual reports, in terms of how they engage with consumers. They always mm. say our community, and the reason why they call it a community because a community has affinity for you. So yes. and they and they sticky. So when mm. you talk about stickiness, when you talk about stickiness, um, some people don't know what stickiness. It means that they have a high engagement with you yes it's the engaging in whatever you are um selling and you can you can measure that actually surprisingly enough we don't use that barometer in south africa but you can actually measure it Mm. and it's very interesting because the community is is it's it's literally the be all and end all in my opinion of an influencer because without the community 
you are nothing. And with the community, you'll see that you're given a lot more grace in your content because it's very difficult to be a content machine. And I think lockdown kind of forced us into that hyperdrive of just constant content creation to, to feed this like insatiable beast of people who need some distraction from the outside world. And they reached a point where people like burnt out. A lot of content creators just couldn't keep up at that pace anymore. And when you have a solid community, that community understands, that community cares for your well-being. They're, they're like, oh, take that break. We will be back when you're back. You don't wanna post this, you just wanna post on your stories. We will engage with you where you're at until you're ready to come back. And like, that is the kind of thing that you need. You don't need like the fleeting followers who are just here for the giveaway or whatever and gone tomorrow. Like you need the people who invest in you. And when people invest in you, that is how you make sales. That is how you keep followers for years and years i've had people who are following me for like five six seven eight years right now and it's because we've built that relationship and we have this community where we engage with each other and have this kind of like mutual affinity um and they still also like respect and trust me and they give me my space when i need it but then i give them the content that they ask for so we like we balance each other out in that regard and those relationships are super super important in the influencer community no, I agree. I agree. It's just that unfortunately, because we're in South Africa, some of them have started thinking towards fans. Oh, yo, I hate that. It's such disdain. I hate that. I really don't care. I, I, me, I'm a fan, hey? I am a fan no, of people. No, like, the thing is that, no, but like, like this thing of Bawiya Papa, like, mm. I love confidence. Confidence, I'm not a, there's a difference between confidence and Upapa. When mm. you seek to humiliate people, that's yes. what I, these those microaggressions that is yes. what i'm specifically that there's confidence of being a fan then there's confidence of it's it's this thing that uzi nandi did of, like like the thing that uzi nandi did of talking about how she humiliated a cashier on her twitter for keeps and i was like hey, bro, mm. yeah, that, that, yeah. that 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 part i i won't lie to you i'm not that I think confidence is yeah. important because I think you and we are fans, guys. I'm a fan, and I want to do your whole life. No, I want mm. to know. I want to know your whole life. I'm, I'm actually that because yeah. I'm invested. I'm actually invested in that perspective. But I do think there is um, there is sort of a thin line, and there's a there's a thing of humiliation that I don't enjoy. I don't know why people enjoy that. But it's, hey, hey, hey. I think that's. I feel like that's even just an issue outside of influences. I think that's something that like. It, it's this ego-driven cult of personality that we've seen develop in the past few years. And I think it definitely has been like proliferated by social media, but I don't think it's necessarily restricted to influencers um, because you see it even, I, I say this because I don't classify Twilibs as influencers. There are a lot of people who are just like popular on Twitter, but they're not actually influencers or in the industry or work in this capacity. But I feel like there's something about the ego which makes you feel untouchable. And that kind of drives behavior like that. And I feel like that kind of that kind of behavior, that ego centricity would have existed. Okay, maybe it wouldn't have existed without the influencer industry because we people wouldn't have had this kind of like upward social mobility. But it's like if you were that type of person, you are if you have that ugly heart, it's gonna come through no matter what or no matter where you are. Some people yeah. just have, you know, that's what I mean. Like some people just have that thing in them. No, it's, it's, they, they didn't have an opportunity. They now have an outlet. They didn't have an opportunity yeah, before. They, they, now, they now have an outlet. You would not have spoken. No, it's just one of those things that uh, one thing I don't believe in is the humiliation of people. I don't believe that in any in, in any shape or form because I just think that is um, 
it's unnecessary it's unnecessary you could be anything your your tweet you could be anything but you're choosing to be a loser you could be literally anything. literally literally you could be quiet why be weird when you can just be quiet like you're being you're being weird um yeah. so now that we're on this round of seven days i have been following red and i will say hey the ladies have been stepping it up yo i have been in awe the talent the talent the talent it's, it's unreal the girls gays and nays are doing the most it's it's really like i am flabbergasted but it's like people are even responding that to me that i've also elevated and i feel like that's something about like a iterating challenge like with each cycle you get better because there are people i've been seeing who have done this is maybe their second third fourth fifth round of the challenge and there has been notable improvement and it's like this is what this is good this is what the challenge is for to push yourself you know push your boundaries and elevate hone your skills and broaden your creativity and like i think this round in particular is the true testament of like people have been doing that like it's taken to another level entirely i honestly they have uh, they they honestly the girls have literally been they've been doing the damn things i, I can't even hate it's, it's because it's been that impressive where i was like guys i've just only recently learned how to perfect my eyebrows go, go, you guys are doing this thing, is it? <laughs> like you guys i'm just I'm like i'm like can you take baby steps guys i just learned i just learned honestly, people are doing sfx makeup they are i'm just like guys what now me i have to learn how to do fake blood and fake skin next time because it's just being everything is just being elevated i feel like even me myself i have to do better and more because i'm like you guys are really just raising the bar constantly which is great but it's also not it, it, it hasn't made it inaccessible at the same time which is what i really love about the challenge because at the same time where you have makeup artists and um, enthusiasts in the challenge who are elevating and raising the bar, you still have this cohort of beginners and regular people who aren't in the makeup industry or influencer industry at all and who still want to participate and still want to show off. And I'm like, yes, everyone is welcome. This challenge is for everyone. No, I thoroughly love it. I enjoyed it on the timeline. I won't lie. It's a breath of fresh air amongst, amongst us non-vaccinated people. It's <laughs> You've got something to do. <laughs> it's a breath of fresh air it's one of those things so that I, I thoroughly 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 enjoy it so what's next so what's next miss Boyan? um you know it's tricky because for the unvaccinated folk it makes it very difficult to plan um and i think the inability to plan is something that i've embraced in the past year because i'm very much a five-year plan planner strategy type of person and the inability to do so in the past year has really it's been an adjustment but i'm embracing it and i'm only planning as far as i can see but i do have hopes and aspirations for this challenge and one thing that i really 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 want to do is i want to make not a live event but i want to do something in person i want to do in-person workshops i want to do more collaborative work with other artists and educating i'm always very passionate about education because as much as you see people doing brilliant incredible art on their faces there are so many people who still don't understand the purpose of a foundation or a concealer they don't know how to do their brows they don't know how to apply lashes they don't know how to do a wing liner you know like there's still a huge information gap between the absolute beginners and the experts so there is still such a fundamental role of education and i love teaching people about makeup i love teaching people how to apply it about products about techniques about do's and don'ts and i feel like this challenge can facilitate a really great like educational 
workshop. Um, so that's definitely something I want to do in the future and I want to get a brand involved and I'm hoping to do that before the end of the year, but also that assumes that we can do things um, at the end of the year, that we won't be in another lockdown, that there won't be a fourth wave and that most of us will be vaccinated so that we can have events in person. Um, so it's very much just uh, look and see, but I've definitely got another beauty brand um, in the works for the next round of the challenge. And I'm really excited about that because I wanna, I wanna shake things up a little bit or add a different element to keep things exciting and fresh. Um, one thing I'm not gonna do is a product line. I don't particularly care for retail in beauty and makeup right now. Um, so that is not on the cards for me, but I would love to have a collaboration, like a colorful palette or like a face pad. Like I would really love products with um, my name on it. Sidebar, statistically, business-wise wise, doing your own product line is loss making. They don't- Yeah, that's what I really don't care for. Like I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm watching people think about it and I'm like watching them invest and I'm thinking to myself, no, sissy, no, sissy, no. Yo, people keep asking me, do you going to make foundation, make an eyeshadow palette? And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do it. There's a reason why Jackie, Ina or Makeup Shayla do not have their own product lines because they understand that it's actually economically unfeasible. It is easier and much better for you to collaborate with someone already with a footprint. The business model itself doesn't make sense. If you look at South Africa, I can go into the technical. And you know what, that brings up an amazing discussion because that is something that the American and UK influencers, no, particularly the American influencers are doing. They are saturating their own market and cannibalizing themselves because every single influencer has their own brand. And honestly, none of them are innovating anything new or special. They're all just creating the same exact products, especially because when you when you start a, fan, a brand, you need the foundational products. So everyone's just releasing the same thing, neutral palette, liner, highlighter, um, like everyone's creating the same things and they're really just flooding their market. And it's, it's ruining the brands for themselves because how much market share is there really for everyone? And when you say that collaborations are the way to go, I honestly believe that's where it's at for me. And many people like this idea of you need to own the means, you need to own uh, the vertical. I personally don't, especially in beauty, I don't think so. I want to collaborate. You take all the risk. I will just do what I'm doing, uh, except I will make more money off of it this time. And the only way that I could see it working is similar to what Ami Song did with Revolve Clothing, where she started her own brand, but as like a sub-brand of them. So they're still taking on more of the risk and liability and capital outlay, but they're still leveraging on her brand and her designs in order to, to sell. And I'm like, that's the only kind of way that I'd see it'll work. But for me to start up my own, when there's your Estee Lauder groups and L'Oreal's, which are hundreds of years old that I'm competing with, I don't want that smoke. <laughs> No, I always make the example. I think I made a thread about it. I was like, Janga, even Bonang would tell you if she did House of Bonang by herself, she would have failed. Mm -hmm. She helped yeah. with Valeria Woolies. It is not to exactly. say that she's not successful, she's not brilliant, but we have to get real in terms of the um, so logistics. And she's brilliant enough to know this. That's actually to her credit that she was smart enough to know this. You can see everybody who's trying to do their own without a big brother, they're non-existent. How many people open gin brands? Non-existent. How many people open perfumes? You like, I, I, it, it is what it is. I, I, I don't want to hate on people, but- um, No, try, but as a- Understand busy. I always say, understand your business model, understand your business, yeah. model, understand the context of the environment you are 
working towards and a lot of people have what you would call an overinflated sense of um, brand affinity mm. so just because someone buys something for you on you once doesn't mean they'll repeat having exactly. a brand and having a product means they have to you need the repeat purchases you need them to buy every month or every other month. you need that and like a lot of people will buy your first product but not the next they will, they will buy your first they will not buy the next and you won't have affinity and and it, it's, it's literally it's a stickiness and they it's like people don't want to accept it but you know and I'm the thing is a hater I'm always called a hater for pointing this <laughs> but out I was just like you are very pragmatic in your approach and I feel like especially in South Africa you need that kind of prudent pragmatism because retail is in the dog so why do you think you are the special one who will become a billionaire I really hate that people think they're going to become billionaires off of their thing because there's nothing wrong with having sustainable growth and doing well but you want to become a billionaire in an economy that's on a rapid decline in a sector that is failing like we need to start being a bit more realistic in our endeavors and I think also because of our economic um, climate where everyone's trying to push to entrepreneurship in order to reignite the economy that's also what's fueling these pipe dreams but it's like guys at some stage we need to be a little bit more realistic in what we're doing no they will tell you and I get told this all the time black child your dreams are valid when mm -hmm. you're crushing the black child it, 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 I get told this all the time and I I try not to I don't internalize it personally um what I do seek to um, to understand, I was like, guys, one thing I do understand is I don't understand beauty and maybe knowing the content creation. What I do understand very, very, very well is business models in terms of how they generate revenue and how they can mm -hmm. generate a return based on this risk factor, based on this matrix. Yeah, I don't see how it can be done. You are welcome to prove me wrong. Um, highly unlikely. But you're, I always say you are welcome because um, yeah. I can see I can see sort of where their thought processes are going towards and where they where there's a belief where there's a belief and there's also there's obsession with being high end for getting majority of this country is poor so yeah. it's also so it's it's part of those it's I, I like to call it um the um it's it's we're a country of exceptionalism yes you always think you're gonna be the one. Yes, so that's sort of where that sort of drives also some of the behavior and some of the thinking, and um, wars are a country of um, of 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 wanting to of needing. I think this is part of the issues of apartheid. Um, psychologically, we need to see black people win. So yeah. in in the need to seeing black people win, we mistake we mistakenly then um, try to uh, applaud. Uh, I always say applaud nonsense applaud nonsense well even we just think the exception is the rule and yes. that becomes dangerous and it's like i i also do not want to be the hater and the debbie downer and that's why i'm like if you want to pursue this business do it but i hope that you've just done your research and done your due diligence because i have and that's why i'm not doing it <laughs> like i i just i know myself i know my income level and i do not have money to throw away right now and if i did i would definitely go for it but you need to be willing to lose a lot and lose it all and just throw away money and that's something i literally cannot afford to do at the moment i love how you say that just, just always throw the statistics around there and 95 percent of all small business fail within the first year and you may be the one maybe the five who succeeds but you also may not be and i don't yeah, like yeah. those i'm not i'm too risk averse for that lifestyle 
Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things, risk averse. I'm actually incredibly risk averse, but I'm an accountant, so <laughs> I have to be. Exactly. So I come from, my sister's an accountant, my mom is an accountant, so I have that kind of like prudent nature um, in me. So I'm a business graduate, so like I kind of have that kind of mindset already. So that's why my, my risk aversion is pretty, pretty high. I'm also broke. That's also, there's also that, like there's no money yeah. to pay with. That too. Pub, that is pub. <laughs> Pub comes in Ooh, handy. The pub comes in handy. It pub keeps you humble. It keeps you sane. It keeps you thinking, Grant. Definitely, I, I definitely it does. It does, and it also stops you from doing um, um doing nonsense. Yes, it it stops you from doing nonsense, and it stops you um um from just you know it keeps you in your lane, like <laughs> yes, it, literally. My fire by force, you're in your lane. There's no to lane, go. There's no money. There's no money. So what's There's next? No so what's next so you've got the next cycle but if if what is your ideal outcome let's exclude the pandemic so i do want a brand of my own i do but i always intend to kind of keep that smallish and it's not going to be in the beauty industry um i do want that brand i do want to continue creating for the foreseeable future I do want to continue creating and educating um, and building my relationships with brands and I would like some collaborations um, of products in the future not just like um, like in, on an influencer level like I actually want product collaborations and I also want to I want I want the roadshow I want the seven days roadshow so that is what my like two-year goal is I want to build this up and take this in person um, inshallah the the pandemic will end so that is a possibility but that is where I want to take seven days while also building up my um, my personal brand as an influencer and creating opportunities and I know Lungileta Bete is the Mr. Prize head makeup artist so her collaboration makes sense but that's one of the first major influencer collaborations with a major brand in this country that I've, I've seen and that has given me hope that that my dream is possible so that's why that is on that vision board and that is also on my trajectory. And then in the next like year or so, I want to start building and rolling out my other brand, the brand without my name face attached to it that can kind of live in the background without being too heavily leveraged on Foyan OG. You know what I mean? So those are the kind of three things that I'm focusing on at the moment. But at the same time, I'm also... Um, I do a lot of freelance social media work and consultancy. So maybe that is also another avenue that I will pursue and grow and develop in the background. Um, yeah, that's my secret hustle. That's my like my non-visible job. So I may keep and develop and rethink and strategize that at the same time. Mm. No, that's actually quite interesting. Quite interesting. It's not that secret, by the way, sidebar. It's not that secret. But I mean, not, no, people know what I do, but they don't know who I do it for. And that's yes. the secret. They don't oh, okay. see who I'm working for. When, whereas on Instagram, you know exactly who I'm working for slash with at any given moment. Um, the other side is you don't really, <laughs> which is fine. Yes, definitely. I think that's sort of like, um, what it is and um, what it is and I think um, you should go back to blogging sidebar I was looking at your blog you haven't posted I'm trying. I pay for that thing every month in hopes that I'm gonna publish something yo I'm thinking I'm the same thing 
Like, I'm, like, judging you right here. I'm, like, looking at you. I'm, like, I like the, your blog. I like the setup of it. And you, I, got you know, I spent so much money on that blog. I continue to spend so much money on that blog, but it just sits there dormant. But I promise I'm coming back. I'm going to write something somewhere. One thing that I really love and want to get into a bit more is travel and tech because especially tech I was I was a really big like nerd in my youth and growing up which is why I was really into social media platforms and I was very much an early adopter of those things so I want to get back to my love of tech and I want to get into travel because I feel like I can give really insightful travel tips and guidelines and things like that and that's kind of the things that I want to focus on my blog and then writing about pop culture and rambling and stuff like that so when I have the words I'll come back I'm manifesting the words for you. I'm literally manifesting. <laughs> the English is coming. The English is coming. Anyway, I think we've had a very, very, very good track. It's been quite insightful. It didn't go the way I thought it would go, but it's been nice. It's very different because you gave me a brief beforehand. I feel like we didn't talk about anything we're supposed to talk about. I know. I had a plan. I had a plan. I, it, it happens all the time. I have a plan and then the conversation just goes in the... I think it should always be free-flowing. Exactly. You never expect a podcast is literally just a conversation between two people with no script. Exactly. That is, that's what I love about it. And that's why I, I love it as well. Especially when people give me the brief of the questions they want to ask me. I don't even read them because I like to speak off the cuff. I like to engage naturally. So I'm, I'm a waffler. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, bro. Thank you so much, uh, Foyan, for joining us. Um, um, I will try and do a makeup look tomorrow. I, I too will post. For my sake. I too want to be part of the club. I too want to be cool. And I'll yeah. post, I'll definitely post a makeup look. Um, I'll see which day, um, which days we're gonna follow. And yeah, tomorrow is the simplest one, actually. So you pick the right day to come through. It is the nude natural. I can um, do that. Oh my god, exactly. my people, my people. I've been seeing flowers, I've been seeing flowers and all that stuff, and I was thinking. Yeah. I always include a, a palette cleanser in, in one of the days. There's always a subtle one. Um, so you pick the right day to come through in the challenge. Definitely. I'm definitely going to, I'm going to thrive here. This is where I'm going to thrive. <laughs> People must just watch out. My, I'm going to thrive. This is where as those of us who just learned eyebrows are going to thrive. Exactly. Come with your eyebrows. Yes. Um, so please um, thank you again for just love it continue doing the good work continue to inspire and this has been a quite a knowledgeable episode you were tweeting at 12 years old look i'm, I'm still stuck <laughs> i'm still stuck there i have not i've not moved i have not moved i've not moved. Not i will never leave that platform where am i going it's all i know so yeah but thank you so much for having me this has been a really great chat um, and i really thank appreciate you. the invitation thank you so much